It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself, Simon and Martin O'Neill started with the news that Everton and Nottingham Forest are bracing themselves for Premier League charges today. Another club in trouble is Reading, whose fans got their game abandoned at the weekend. We spoke to one of the fans that took part in the protests against their owner, Dai Young. Plus, are Spurs making more progress than Manchester United? And was Troy Deeney right to come out and publicly dress down one of his players? This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Even though it's the 15th of January, Martin O'Neill, Happy New Year. Thank you, Jim, and same to you. Thank you so much. Simon Jordan is sitting to my right, all very quiet and looking he means business this morning, which is good news. Uh, how have you been, Martin? What have you been up to? I Really fine, Jim. Um, uh, nice uh, Christmas and nice New Year as well, too. So, yeah, I'm just um, um, doing fine. I loved it. Uh, I like the, the embrace that I witnessed moments ago when McCoyce was leaving this studio and you were coming in. Mm. You, you've known each other for years and I think there's a lovely, I don't know, there's, 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 a, there's a bit of banter goes on between the two of you whenever mm. you see each other in here, isn't there? I like McCoyce. You know, I've known him probably, uh, well, I knew him obviously as a young player when he was uh, playing. Strangely enough, he had played at Sunderland for a while. Yeah. And um, but really, about 1998, when we were covering the World Cup out in uh, out in France together, so that was he was good fun there. Excellent. So, Mr. Simon Jordan, what kind of weekend did you have, and are you ready for the week ahead? I am. I'm indeed ready. I watched the Tottenham um, Man United game, which I thought was a good game. Yeah. Um, I went to see Cirque du Soleil, which was fascinating. Oh, lovely. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was good. It was very enjoyable. Very yeah. enjoyable. And I had a weekend with a three-year-old son, which means Michelle moved out for the evening because she can't stand me and my son. <laughs> mm. I saw a movie, Priscilla, uh, oh, did you? over the weekend. Very mm. good indeed. Um, yeah. Elvis's wife and oh, how she got there. Watch, I would have thought you'd have been watching Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. No, no, no. No, I was in that, as you know. Uh, so <laughs> here we go. We're streaming live on YouTube and Facebook. If you want to watch the show, you can. Head over to the official TalkSport channel on those platforms. We're in the 17th floor of the news building, looking out at a cloudless sky here in London this morning. It really is beautiful. Hope it's good wherever you are listening all around the UK. Martin, you probably heard in the introduction, uh, it's been reported that both Everton and Nottingham Forest are expecting to be referred to an independent commission over breaches 
consequences of the Premier League's profitability and sustainability regulations. I want to get into this in more detail with Simon in a second, but Martin, mm. if you are, if you are Sean Dyche, say, mm. at Everton at the moment, you've already been kicked where it hurts regards the 10 points deduction. There they are, giving their best shot yesterday against Aston Villa, trying mm. their darndest to win the game. And he's got to go into work this morning and wait for some kind of an announcement regards this. It ain't easy if you're Deitch at the moment. It ain't easy if you're Nuno Espirito Santo. You're trying to make progress, but all the while this is rumbling in the background. Yeah, well, it's not easy for the clubs, uh, never mind the managers. I think that, um, you know, uh, it's been... It's been quite some years now since Manchester City have uh, found themselves in trouble, 115 breaches apparently, and yet that's not been resolved. And if I was Everton or any of the other clubs, suddenly, right out of the blue, they were docked 10 points. Now, they may well have broken the rules and, and they admitted that, that they did do, but it does seem really strange that Manchester City can, can avoid it in a way perhaps because they've got fantastic lawyers. I don't really know about this here, but they have avoided and suddenly, um, almost seemingly out of the blue, Everton were docked these points. Now suddenly it's coming again and, uh, and Nottingham Forest could be, uh, could be yeah. culprits as well too. Yeah. So, yeah, it is a, it's a strange one and you don't know where you're standing. Everton did brilliantly to, to claw those points back. It takes a bit of effort. It takes, then you, you start to lose a couple of games uh, they got a result on, on uh, at the weekend, but even so, it was you know it is really really tough. And as a manager, what do you say to the players? You know, you know where, where do where do we stand? They'll they'll be asking those particular questions themselves. Well, uh, Simon, why? I mean, the question here to me is why are the Premier League able to bare their teeth with some clubs, whilst others are able to kick the can down the road? And I'm talking about Chelsea spending a billion in a year. I'm talking about Manchester City. Yeah, but as Chelsea, Martin mentioned. Chelsea haven't been charged with anything. No, 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 no. So and Chelsea are not part of the conversation right now and when they produce accounts which, which produce those problems and, and, and then the Premier League will take a view. Sure. Manchester, Manchester City's scenario is completely different mm. whether I like it or I don't and I certainly think they have something to answer to. Their charges and their processes and what they're being alleged to have done is very different from straightforward accountancy principles over a three-year cycle. Different, completely different. And Everton's position, as much as I agree with the, the idea that 10 points is a harsh sanction, they copped to it. They didn't. They haven't missed financial fair play by nine million pounds like people say yeah they've missed it by 250 million and they were allowed to make a series of adjustments including covid adjustments and 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 interest payments on the stadium and 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 costs of capitalization of the stadium that they're building all of that was allowed to be included and they still missed it so evidence is not a nine million pound problem as it's being characterized by certain people it's a 250 million pound miss but should they not be allowed a bit of grace period to Why? stabilize and recover some they've been they've been hit once and they Don't took that it. right on the chin no they didn't they didn't take anything on the chin they cried and they've gone out and defended themselves against it and they've got everybody that will listen to them to write letters uh, and get involved including the former bank of england governor so they've got themselves busy they haven't taken it on the chin at all and to be honest with you neither would i expect them to because they've got a sanction that's never been seen the likes of i expected them to do some sort of appeal but they've already copped to the culpability of it their chief executive or sorry their finance director came out with the most ridiculous statement and in the witness evidence given by their owner he talks about the need to spend money because they had no midfield well they, yeah. I mean, what's that got to do with a price of cheese when you're observing to financial fair play on that very point and uh, everton's interim ceo colin chong said this when the 10 points was announced myself and everybody at the club are shocked and disappointed by the ruling of the Premier League Commission. 
We believe the sanction is disproportionate and wholly unjust. The club's view is that the harshness and severity of this punishment are neither a fair nor a reasonable reflection of the evidence that was submitted to the Commission. For that reason, the club intends to appeal the outcome before the Premier League Appeals Board. This is a sporting sanction that directly impacts supporters. The club and our players and staff and our fans will stick together in the face of what the club believes to be an unprecedented and disproportionate sanction. As we enter the next phase of this legal process, there is no further comment we can or will make, but rest assured, we will be standing up for Evertonians and our great club. So they've got an appeal that's ongoing for the 10 points, Simon. Yeah. Now today they could be hit with a second one. I can't be right, can it? Why? These are the rules. Sporting sanctions. It's interesting how they ca- they framework it as a sporting sanction that directly affects the f- the the, uh, the, sp- the fans. No, your mismanagement did that. Right? The consequences of your mismanagement is a set of circumstances that have been brought upon your club. And yes, they do have a, a reasonable scenario of saying, because I thought they'd get six points. I'm surprised they got ten, and they may get six points. They may get reduced six points in the appeal. And then guess what they'll get? They'll probably get four points stacked back on top again because they've breached it again. So yeah. if they've breached it again, what do you so, say? Oh, you're, 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 you're a recidivist. Mm. This is what you do. Okay, so d- just go back to the Manchester City point. Okay, you say they're separate entities, and that's fine. 115 breaches going mm. back over a period of 10 or ten or 11 years. Why has that not been resolved? And and, uh, well, and why is it why has it not been... There's a variety of reasons. Right. And one yeah. of the reasons that you allude to is probably one of the reasons, which is the fact that they've got some very high-powered, very sophisticated legal thinking, alongside the fact that UEFA took them t- to task over these things. Mm-hmm. UEFA then uh, sanctioned them. It then got up overturned by the Court of Arbitration of Sport. And the Premier mm-hmm. League seemed to have sat in the background waiting for these precedents to have been mm-hmm. set, rather than bearing their own teeth. Absolutely. It's a difficult one, because UEFA aren't sanctioning Everton. Mm-hmm. They aren't after somebody else. Mm-hmm. And so th- there's a... Co- a kind of precedent perspective as who goes first, right? Yeah. I think the Premier League could have gone simultaneously. Yeah. Now, the Premier League have gone after them for 115 charges. It isn't a straightforward principle of they, they can clearly evidence where the breaches are. Mm-hmm. It's about the, mis- the mis- misrepresentation of funds mm-hmm. in terms of who put money where and for what reason, mm-hmm. what were the commercial value of the sponsorship deals, and all of these things, whereas Everton's mm-hmm. are straightforward. Mm-hmm. They've copped to it. Everton have copped mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, we were £10 million over the limit, so we lost 115 million. Well, you actually lost 350 million, mm-hmm. and you were allowed to adjust it down to 115, and you still couldn't get it beneath the 105, which, by the way, is no badge of honour. So Everton mm-hmm. have copped to it, as you say, Simon, because they they've might, been forced to. They might have to do the same again today. I mean, I want, I'm with you, Martin. I would want yeah. Manchester City to be mm-hmm. able to, given the fact they're unequivocally in, innocent, mm-hmm. I would want them to be able to account for it quicker. But yeah. the evidence behind it and the people that suggest they've got uh, an understanding of the complexity of the case say there is a logical reason why this takes this amount of time. I I don't concur, mm. no. but that's what they say. I know you're closer to it than most, Simon. You can make more sense of it than most. But to the man in the street, this doesn't look right. The the, the look is not good here. Everton, having copped to it once, as you say, may have to do the same again today. Forrest are quaking in their shoes, awaiting their fate probably today. But there, there appears no, to be no real they're not, urgency they're not waiting, to take on Manchester City. They're not waiting their fate today. They've been charged. There was a ma- massive departure from being charged to being found guilty. We see that in every walk of life. What's happened is that the Premier League have tightened up the rules, so you have to produce your accounts by the end of December rather than the end of March, <clears throat> which means they can streamline a process to sanction you during the course of a season, which has been an argument that the clubs themselves have run. 
They've all said, what's the point of a retrospective situation? We're going to sue, we're going to do this. Well, you can't because you signed up to the rules in the first place. So they've now streamlined it. Yeah, but so, they're going to be charged and resolved in the same season. City, as you once said fine, to me, that not, might not be resolved until the end of the decade. But, not today, but it's not going to happen today. So as we've seen in many other walks of life, what you get charged with and what you get convicted of are often two different things. They will have an ability to be able to put forward very strong and robust defences of the reasons why there should be exceptions made to some of the balance sheet adjustments that they think they're allowed to make, specifically in Nottingham Forest's case, which is the timing of the sale of Brennan Johnson. They'll make the argument they didn't sell Brennan Johnson before June the 30th because if they'd have done that, they'd have got 30 million quid for him. They decided to sell him in the transfer window in August because they can get 50 million pounds because of the critical mass that the, the, uh, the transfer window brings when people have got competitive tension to bid for a player and get the price up. They'll okay. argue that that should be a post-sheet adjustment which then gets taken back into the previous year. And Forest are also unfortunate because they only get £61 million pounds of losses because they're, they're coming up from the Championship. Yeah. So they've got two years of £12.5 million pounds of losses and one year of 35 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. We shall await developments today and anything that happens on that front. While we're on air, before we go at one o'clock, we'll bring you the news first and fastest. Martin O'Neill is with us. Martin, since you've been doing the show with Simon and myself, does it surprise you that so many of the topics involve off-field matters as opposed to on-field matters? This seems to be the way of it, doesn't it? It, it very much does. It's, um, it's a case... When you're uh, when you're discussing this here, you're going back to the Everton situation, going back to Manchester City, going to all of these particular things that never, that well, Manchester City is the thing that we said has never seemed to get any sort of resolution at all. Yeah. However, you're absolutely right. There seems to be as many talking points off field as there ha- as there has been on it. And another affects another club and we're on that right now the club is Reading in League One uh, they're likely to be sanctioned after their own supporters invaded the pitch in protest against their owner Dai Young uh, which forced a postponement of their League One match against Port Vale at the weekend the, the supporters took matters into their own hands and decided to protest after three minutes the game was held up as fans threw tennis balls onto the pitch and then after 16 minutes it was come on then let's go on and a large group of Reading supporters invaded the pitch waving a flag saying die young out so what do we know about this fella not a lot we'll know more by close of play no doubt because this will develop we're going to be hearing from a leading Reading fan very shortly uh, who will justify why they did what they did and how frustrated they have become about the situation uh, that they are watching but in the meantime just before we came on air I spoke to the former owner Sir John Medeski who is absolutely gutted about what's happening to his club I am absolutely heartbroken that the way Reading Football Club has developed or not developed, as the case may be. And I have absolutely total sympathy with every single fan out there and everybody that, that is involved with Reading Football Club, that works for Reading Football Club. It's just a kind of tyranny that is being unleashed upon the club as we speak. And it's just not fair. And it's not right. The thing I can't get my head around is Mr. Dye allegedly lives in a £100 million house next door to the King, next door to Buckingham Palace in Palace Gate. If he can live in a £100 million house, one would assume, rightly or wrongly, that he should be able to do the husbandry at Reading and look after the club to his best ability. He may want to sell the club, 
unless he looks after the club, he isn't going to have anything to sell. And there's all this just burning up the rule book, getting us deducted 16 points. The whole thing's an absolute travesty. It breaks my heart because, you know, we I spent many years of my life getting to Reading Football Club into a nice position, as indeed lots of other people who helped me on that journey. So it's a total slap in the face for them. Well, more than a slap in the face. It's a kick in the stomach. He wants to sell the club, and he should fund it properly. Then we might be able to get out of this division we're in. We could, not knowing whether the wages are going to be paid at the end of the month or not. It's just tyranny and cruel and terrible. It seems like communication with this man is a major problem. Is there a way in here for you to push him into doing something about it? I've only met him in once in passing at Huddersfield at the playoffs at Wembley. And I've never had any communication. I think he just felt, you know, well, I own the club now. That's it. Move on. He's history. You know, he's never communicated with me whatsoever. So, you know, he clearly doesn't want to communicate with me, which is fine. His prerogative, sadly, he owns the club. Don't forget he's put £260 million into the club. That's no mean feat. But it's all wasted money. You know, I mean, he's built the state-of-the-art training ground at Bearwood Park. But what's the point of a state-of-the-art training ground at Bearwood Park when you're in the blinking first division? I mean, it's nuts. The whole thing's just so lamentably sad. It's not funny. And I think that if he could only bring in people on the ground here, people that know the club, understand the club, that have the wherewithal with the community and so on, hearts and minds and all that, which is totally lacking and has been for years, then perhaps we might get somewhere. But like fans, we're all helpless. It's just so frustrating and sad. That was Sir John Medeski, former owner of Reading. And of course, in between Sir John and this man, Da Young, was uh, the Russian Anton Zingarevich, who encountered problems himself. He was a so clown himself. Reading fans have had to live with a lot going on off the pitch at their football club. Paul Mann is a Reading fan. Um, he speaks for the Sell Before We Die group sport spokesperson. Uh, Paul, good morning. You were on the pitch on Saturday, as I understand it. When did you guys make the decision, right, enough is enough, we're going on, we're going to make a protest on the pitch and get this game abandoned? That was probably the day before, after all the news came out about the players being sold without the director of football. Mark Bowen knowing what was actually happening, Ruben Sellers not knowing, Dayong Pang now taking over the transfers of players from ridiculously low prices to teams. Um, yeah, I mean, this is the thing about Reading FC. We're not a volatile fan group. We're not a group that's going to be going crazy every single week. It's taken us years to get to this point. Um, it's so sad that we're here. We don't want to be here. But there is a tipping point for every single fan base. And I don't regret doing it. And I'm sure there's thousands of others who don't regret doing it as well. So are you going to continue to protest where you are at the weekend? Um, I think, Paul, I'm looking, is it Wigan away? Will there be protests there? Uh, there probably will be something of some type, but we try to focus mainly our protests at home matches. So that's the main focus at the moment. And also we'll be moving to things that more directly affect Di Young and to the EFL as well, who I've got to say, this is a man that they've put in position, but they're not prepared to remove. 
I mean, he is absolutely screwing the club over. He has no care or compassion for this team. At what point will the EFA say, we're not complicit in this anymore? Take take some responsibility, EFL. You're killing a club with over 150 years of history and you're just standing by and let it happen. I know you have an obligation to your fellow members, but there has to be a point at which you say, this isn't working. Save us. We need to be saved, EFL. Save Reading a football club. Simon, surely Paul's got a point there. When are they going to step in and say, look, this guy no longer is interested, uh, it would seem, in his football club? But that's not their gift. That's not their responsibility. EFL's responsibility is to sanction the football club under the rules that the 72 football clubs in the Football League put together. They can't just step in unilaterally and decide autonomously that because one football club is having trouble with an owner that's clearly run out of money, that they can step in Yeah, but and they just can see with out. their own eyes that, but that but, their own fans, their but own that's fans f- of Reading but that's are, fine, are causing their own game to be abandoned. But that's fine, and I don't, and I don't think that's acceptable. I think the Reading fans have every right to protest, every right to, to, to take um, their issues as loud and as vociferously as they can. I think they have no right to go onto a football field and no right to stop a football game from being um, uh, being played, at least of all for the Port Vale fans that have travelled across the country to be able what to would you, the game. What would you say to that, Paul? I was expecting nothing less from Simon. Um, that's thoroughly what I'd expect, and I also respect his point of view. You know, I understand what he's saying from the EFL mindset, but... Who is to blame here then? Do we just let this continue? The owner's to blame, clearly. The owner is to blame. So the owner has walked away. He's taking no responsibility. He's left the players with microwave meals. We have no way of traveling. We have no hotels. At what point do you say, okay, so you're the That doesn't enable the EFL to step in, does it, Paul? The point is, if you want to bring the EFL into the conversation then we'll have a difference. If you want to bring in your your principles of what's being done to your football club, and I wonder how vociferous you guys were when this guy was spend, spending like a drunken sailor uh, for the last few, for the first few years of his ownership, the fact that he there's this myth running around that needs to be debunked, that he was stopped from owning a Premier League football club, because that isn't true. I wonder when John Majewski pops up and sells the business to a Russian how much money John made out of that transaction and the Russian that was bought through the door. So no, every, Simon, everybody, every, this I, haven't finished, I, I haven't finished, Jim. Hmm. Everybody, everybody's hands are over this. So the bottom yeah, line Simon, is... That's that, fine. It's fine you saying, like, as a fan, you know, we didn't step up, we didn't protest about him spending all the didn't. money. No, OK, you want to say that, but what about the people who work for Horizon and their accounts there? Are those people responsible for the post office scandal? Because that's working on the same basis. No, it's not. We can't take no, responsibility not. for something no, it's not. that we can't control. No, it's not. We don't control that, though, do we? No, but, we you're, but you're happy to receive the benefits of it. And I'm suggesting that if your argument if your argument extends to the EFL need to step in, then you've got no grounds, no legal framework besides right. a moral argument. And if you want right. to run moral arguments as legal structures, then we're going to be in a very difficult place in every walk of life. Well, life is very difficult, Simon, as we know. If we're going to get involved in morals of football, we could go down a very Indeed. big black hole, Indeed. couldn't we? I mean, Paul, very, you, very Paul you and the Reading fans will be aware that uh, Dae Young has previous, that he stopped investing in a club in Belgium, Rosalaire, that, uh, as I understand it, his family stopped investing in a Chinese club, Beijing Shengteng. So there, there is form here, but that doesn't help or ease your predicament. Any, any further, does it? Because you are now seriously concerned that your club could become a Berry or a Macclesfield. Yeah. Um, I would also point those two clubs did actually go um, bankrupt after he took ownership of Reading. So I'm not going to claim hindsight on that one. I'm not going to pretend that, that, that the EFL knew about that one. 
But yeah, it is a, a very, very scary position to be in when you know that that's happened. You know, no football fan can think their club is safe because it could happen to you at some point. You know, we sit here and it's sure there's lots of people listening to this thinking, oh, thank God it isn't them. And I wouldn't wish it on any other fan. But it can so easily turn. Only 10 years ago, just over, we were in the Premier League. And that's how quickly it can change. It's a very good point. Martin, you wanted to come in. Uh, Paul, I just that, um, uh, first of all, uh, it's amazing to say that, you know, he spent £260 million. And then you were talking about, um, you're talking about a training facility. Well, what's use of having a training facility? When in actual fact, everybody is all... (laughs) Uh, are crying out for proper facilities for a start. So he has put some money into the football club. But the main point I'm going to say to you, are you, are you in these protests, are you just going to continue protesting and you're going to get games abandoned because eventually the club itself, regardless of what happens to him, is going to suffer greatly? Yeah, that is the problem, isn't it? The club is suffering terribly also from the EFL punishments that they're giving to us repeatedly, which have absolutely no impact now. And I do agree that uh, when Simon said that we did overspend, yeah, sure, we took the punishment. I accept that completely. Mm. But I do say on the protest going forward, it's a flexible thing. I'm not going to sit here and say that we're going to repeatedly get match abandoned because I don't know. It's also a fan-based thing. It's not me. It's everyone who's involved with it. You know, it's what happened on Saturday was just a natural progression from where we've been over the last few years. It's been an absolute downfall of a football club. You accept relegation, you accept your team not doing well, bad transfers, but this isn't. This is a negligent owner who just doesn't care, who just walked away and removed all responsibility. And it also makes no sense, like you say, Martin, after spending so much money on a training ground. I mean, it costs an absolute fortune. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify in store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Martin, uh, probably like many yesterday, I made a point. I couldn't go because uh, I had other things on. Of course, it's up in the nor- northwest, but I made a point of watching Manchester United Tottenham. Mm-hmm. And it was everything I thought it would be. 
intriguing from start to finish. Could have gone either way. Mm-hmm. Um, but Tottenham do what Tottenham say they're going to do these days under Ange, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. He's um, at uh, at Celtic. He did very well. He um, attack, attack, attack was uh, his policy, and he's continued this at Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, I mean, seven months of Ange at Tottenham versus nineteen of uh, Ten Hag at United. When you look at it, Martin, which side is looking further forward in their prospective projects? Well, on the face of it, you would think that uh, that uh, Tottenham made great strides in that, no- that, in that number of months. My point is this. If Tottenham go on to finish third in the league, as Manchester United did last season, and if they go on to win the League Cup, which they can't do because they're not, they're, they're not in it, and and uh, you're talking about a final of an FA Cup and quarterfinals of the uh, of the Europa League. You know that would be some season for Tottenham Hotspur. That's what happened at Manchester United last year. The, there seems to be a bit of regression this season. They're trying to find an identity at this moment. And Simon just mentioned there a, a couple of moments ago, just off air. Actually, easy to play through. And I agree with that. They do look, they look vulnerable. You know, suddenly they're they're having a good little spell for about five, six, seven minutes. Uh, I'm not so sure whether they are actually um, uh, a pressing team. I don't think they are. I'm not even sure that they're, you know, that they're they they're counter-attacking side. Yes, they have. They have counter-attacking players in, mm. in the side that can do this here. But they just—they're just. There's a vulnerability about them, and, yeah. and it has been there for the whole season. But Martin, you've managed point, at the highest level. How, how long does it take to create an identity at a club? This is the way we're going to play, and watch us go. Ten Hag's in nineteen months. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It 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 shouldn't. Perhaps for a club like Manchester United, you're not looking for it to take that long. The results have not been good this this particular season for a number of reasons. The very reason that I mentioned that it won't help if you're easy to play through, and um, so. But I'm, I would just hold on. Let's 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 see. You're, you're talking about you're talking about recruitment. You're talking about things like this here, and and the recruitment has not been brilliant at Manchester United. It's really not been brilliant. You're expecting players to do far far better for the amounts of money that have been spent in the uh, on. And and that is a problem. And eventually, you know, managers are are judged on on recruitment and results. Mm, mm. I mean, this this is a Tottenham whose fans, many of whom were up in arms when Harry Kane is being sold to Munich. Yeah, I and th- look at them now. Oh, they're they're doing very well, very well. Nice, to, a nice team to look at as well. To really, really play very, very attacking football, and nice to easy on the eye is that statement that, that that people talk about. So they are, and they're doing very well. But Manchester United, different proposition, really, in many aspects. You know, the the expectation at Tottenham Hotspur this particular season wouldn't have been that phenomenally high. It wouldn't have been because of losing Harry Kane, new manager coming in, having to get used to things. Maybe they're doing far, far better than 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 would have would have been expected. And off to a fantastic start, then hit a wee bit of a a, a, a tough period, only because they lost some players through injury, as every team does. Mm. And now they're fighting back again. Still, he's done terrifically well. All I'm saying to you at the end of the season, if they did, if they did win a trophy. And and finish in the top four. That would be a magnificent season for Tottenham Hotspur. I, I don't get it, Simon. I, I see what Andrew's trying to do at, at Tottenham, and he's doing it. Yeah, 
I can't see what Ten Hag's trying to do at Manchester United. I mean, I mean in spite of his best effort. Sure, Ten Hag is like the ghost of Jacob Marley drugging the chains of all the previous managers behind him and the expectation of the Man United fans and the reality of what Man United once were. You're you're playing in a different environment at Man United than you are at Tottenham. So I always felt with with Ange, and as you know, I'm an admirer of his from the get-go, that he felt stepped into a vacuum that had so many upsides for him and for Daniel, because the expectation was lower after Kane. And there was always likely to potentially someone to step up and fill that gap. There's radiators and drains. Kane was becoming a drain and not a radiator because all the conversation was always about when's he leaving and how he carries his team single-handedly to any achievements it gets. And that means that other players don't necessarily step forward the way that they could and should. So when you're when you're when you're when you're trying to achieve something in a less pressurized environment with less expectation, um, then you're able to do it perhaps slightly differently than Manchester United are. Now I'm not giving a pass to Ten Hag because I don't think he's the answer to their particular malaise, which is the culture of that football club has been allowed to fester and degrade to such a point where players like Jadon Sancho think they can behave the way, the way they do, yeah. the way that Pogba behaved the way that he did, yeah. and other players that we could go on and on and on about. And the culture of Man United is such that every single peculiarity about Man United is analysed within an inch of its life. And managing in that environment is really, really different to managing in Tottenham Hotspur's environment. Like Martin just said... Is that the, right, Martin? Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. Because you're scrutinised much you're, more. Well, you are. You I mean you just have to look at the history of the football clubs and what they've won. And this is my, managing Tottenham Hotspur is not easy. I absolutely agree with that. But I, I do take Simon's point that it was a good time to come into the football club because expectation is is low. Harry Kane has left the football club. What are you going to do? What is anyone going to do here? Are we going to stay in this division? Never mind anything else. Suddenly, the poster comes in. But they were good sides. Spurs are a good side and, yeah, and they're brave the, yeah. and, 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 you, and I like watching them and I like what he's doing there. I just think that when Tottenham control games, they're not a top side right now because when the top sides control games, they squeeze the life out of the opposition. Spurs don't. They let the team back in. They let United back into that game when they were in control of it. And that will be the next step for Postacoglu mm. because he's now got to build a side that can win rather than look good and win and get close to the top of the you table. See, Ryan, like a few uh, uh, sending you messages this morning, Martin, I think I'm having a loving with Postacoglu. I'm not. I get it. But the managers not mirror the teams and the other way around. When Ten Hag speaks, oh, I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to get. When Anne speaks, I know exactly what I'm going to get. Well, eventually, that's exactly what uh, what they do. Yeah, the football teams uh, manage the manager or, or um, yeah. marry the manager. I mean, it was Roy Keane right. Yeah. Everyone's praising Tottenham, but it was a draw. It was a draw. The staff get praised, the bus driver get praised, everybody got praised. It finished 2-2, everybody relaxed. We're relaxed. And the bus driver didn't get praised. I know what yeah. he's trying to say, but what are Manchester United? Everybody always says, I oh, see, it's different. It's different. Different scrutiny, different this, different history. Of course, of course, of course, I get it. But we knew what Tottenham would do before a ball was kicked in anger yesterday, and they did it. We didn't regard United. And we still don't really know why they're so easy to play through. We still don't really know what Ten Hag's going to trot out. We know what Ange's going to say. But we don't know what Manchester United are about. 19 months on. Yeah, well, okay, I'm getting back to recruitment. I think some of the players that Manchester United have at their disposal are not good enough to play for Manchester United at the, uh, you know, at the, at the level in which they want to be competing and which is at the very, very top echelon of the game. Do you think Tottenham will be top four, Martin? 
I talk, do you know what was what was really encouraging? So the manager actually came out and said, "Listen, we can win this. We can win the Premier League." Now that, that is actually nice to hear because rather than hiding behind something, I think he thought that listen, we've got a, we've got a chance. I'm not so sure that Tottenham Hotspur are strong enough to be able to do that. And I don't I don't know whether they would collectively have have, have enough to go on and and win it. Particularly the way Manchester City fought back there against Newcastle. And in the manner in which they did, and the players that are going to be coming back into the uh, into the um, into the fold, but overall, it's uh, that was very very encouraging. This is the sort of thing that not. We do know where Ten Hag stands, though, don't you? So, hmm? if you're Ronaldo, what'd you get? If you're Sancho, what'd you get? You do on, know on certain individuals. So yes. you do know where he stands on certain things, which is no on the culture of the football club. He's going to demand better expect uh, better from players. Now, whether he's going to have the time to build it, and whether he has the ultimate cachet to be able to build a side, then that's a different discussion. But I do think. How many football clubs do you know sold 25% of their shareholding for a billion quid? How many football clubs do you know get scrutinised and managed and have expectation with that Man United have? It's a completely different comparison. Mm. Managing Tottenham Hotspur, which is no mean feat, is not the same as managing Man United. Man United get more column inches than that football club is entitled to. They haven't won much mm. for the last six years. We talk about mm. them as if they are what they once were. That's, that's and that is not what they are yeah. anymore. Yeah, there was a message a moment ago. We should never forget it's eleven versus eleven. And look at Tot look at Tottenham missing yesterday. Mm. Look at the players: Basuma, Madison, mm -hmm. uh, Son, uh, the winger Kulusevski. The players that have made this team tick this season weren't even there. Yeah, but but off the back of what you were saying there, the size of the investment in United and the amount of money involved. Yeah, I get it. But it's eleven versus eleven. Yes, absolutely, and absolutely, and it's the Glazers' fault. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Martin and Neil, alongside Simon uh, and myself this morning, we're live on TalkSport. Martin, what was your, your your impression when you heard that another former top player had gone into management, Troy Deeney? Obviously, great career and will have learnt a lot along the way, so does it make sense? Yeah, why not? What's what's to prevent him from doing it? If, this, if it's something he fancies doing, uh, good luck to him. Yeah, in he comes, Forest Green Rovers. But the same Troy Deeney, who I know well, has apologised for criticising his own player, Fankati Dabo, in a post-match interview. Uh, he also claimed that he scored with a bunch of sulkers and he would rectify the problem by bringing in new players. So Troy went for it, didn't he? Always at the right back with Dabo, who was poor and awful again. And I've just told him and he won't be playing on Tuesday, so he can have that from now. He's got it on the right back. We're going to go out to the opposite left is, is the game plan. How we get there will depend on their shape. If they come really pressing it tight into the into the midfielder, out the other side, 1v1. And we go, oh, let's play through the middle and kick it up in the air as much as we can. But it's my fault, though, because I explained it and they all told me back afterwards, not, not in the game, they all told me back afterwards what we should do. Yeah, good fun. You say the likes of Dab wasn't good enough today. Is, is that something... Not today. He's not been good enough for about five, six, seven, eight, nine weeks. Why do you think he was dropped at the start? This is the point. And I just told him in front of everyone, six months ago, that kid had a kick to go to the Premier League. Now he won't get a game in the National League. So is that me or him? Because he's faster than everybody, and purely ability, but he gets run every game, he never makes a tackle, and every time the ball comes to him, he looks like he kicks it with his shin pads. That's it. That's the reality of it. So obviously you're happy to call out these players who aren't, you think aren't being good enough. Why not? I've got fans questioning me. So I'll stand here and do this. Where, where are they doing the media? Where's their post on social media? So 24 hours later, 
the same Troy Deeney were saying we're all learning on the job. Uh, I probably shouldn't have let that out. Uh, I've already spoken to Dabo and apologised. Obviously, he's calmed down a bit. But where do you stand, Martin, having managed at a very high level on Troy just saying post-match, you know what, I'm going to go for it with this guy? Not to the public. Absolutely not. He can say what he wants to him in the dressing room if the player's able to take it and if the other players are listening and he actually makes this point, um, but not to the public. He said, I've told him. No, you haven't You haven't just told him. You've told us all about what he's done, what he hasn't done in the last eight or nine weeks, although seemingly you've continued to pick him in some of these matches that he hasn't performed well in. I think it was pretty pretty poor. Just some sort of Rafi's comments about him, I think, is uh, not for me. Absolutely not. And I think that's something... Do you know what? You're learning the job, if that's the case. I, I'm hoping that somewhere along the way that nobody brings up some sort of thing that I mentioned uh, in public, you know, <laughs> criticising players in public just after a game, which I've said something to them in the dressing room. Hope I haven't done it, whether, Have you we, ever done whether it? we've lost the game. Have you ever had to go at a certain I, player afterwards? I, I don't know. It would, only be, it would only be in a jocular fashion, particularly if the player has done well. I'm absolutely not really convinced about that. Absolutely. And I would admit it a policy. What I said to the players in the dressing room would stay in the dressing room, if that's the case, because it's the only way. The players... The, you, you, will, you will lose a lot of respect for coming out for for criticising some player in, and that player may be able to handle he may not be able to handle it at all but your job is to try and improve this player and you're not certainly not going to improve him if you are publicly hammering So it, it, it probably could end up doing more harm than good if Dabo doesn't take it on board or takes well, it on the chin Well it won't do any good let me put it this way because the next day you know what you might have a couple of players in there well, will I be next week you know will it happen to me next week if yeah. that's the case Yeah. and uh, and I understand people want to try and make a make a, a name for themselves in the game you know I want to be a, you know, maybe be a, a little bit different if that's the case but not for me Go on Listen, I mean, the person that hurts the most is probably Troy, right? Maybe he's in a bad mood because he's been forced to eat vegan food by Del Vince, and that's probably not helped his temper, right? <laughs> um, but, no, I mean, I, I come from the position of I really like Troy Deeney. You know, I did a podcast with him and got to understand his story and the changes in his life and the adjustments he's made by some of the self-induced adversity that he put himself through. And I think he's a solid, decent lad. I think that it would be ironic because I suspect that he'd probably be in the camp knowing him as I do, that if a manager came out and did to him what he did to others, <laughs> he'd probably be quite irate about it. I just think it's a young guy in a club that's bottom of the football league um, with a group of players that he's learning to manage and he will have learnt a lesson there. Whether he's lost a player as a result of it, whether whether there is a whether there is a, whether there is an immorality about the way players are allowed to get away with things, this is the rules of engagement. You're not going. You don't need to have the public know what you think of him. He needs to know what you think of him, and he needs to be told no uncertain terms if that's what you think about him. But you don't need the media to be given the benefit of that. You don't need the fans. If you're doing that for the fans, a group of fans will appreciate. You could do tell those players. It'll be the same set of fans that are going. You're not managing those fans, those players properly. That was an unwise move. There's no benefits in dragging it in the public domain unless you've exhausted every other possibility and there's no other way of doing it and that ultimately you feel that there's a constructed, confected plan in your mind. And even then, I think it's a fool's errand. Bomb him. If you don't want to play on your team, bomb him. <laughs> but Troy Deeney... <laughs> there's Troy, a wrongness Troy, about it, isn't there? Right. 
Troy Deeney has been a player for quite a number of years. He's been in dressing rooms where he has probably endured some sort of criticism from managers and he has probably taken a lot of praise from managers, quite rightly so. But he would not have been expecting the criticism to be uh, then publicised publicised in the next 25 minutes after he's just uh, after he's just endured his his uh, his comments so it's not as if to say that this is the first the first time i understand that you do learn you absolutely do learn but that'd be something that you would have thought about in management first of all first thing you do first thing you're thinking about don't be criticizing the Did players you, in public when you when I, you come out of, when you come out as a player and you end up at wickham wanderers mm-hmm. right yep. very early in your career yep. with either right? yeah did you neither misstep or do anything vaguely resembling something like that at the very beginning of your journey? Still close to being a player. Oh, well, did I did I did I make um, a lot of mistakes? Did I sound uh, absolutely? No, so of course I did. But this. I don't. I don't. It's getting back to it. I think I had in my head a couple of. I can't call them principles at the end of the day. You know, I keep quoting that great one. You know, yeah, Mark's getting yeah, this out of Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I do. So it's not. It was. It was thoughts that I had in management that I thought to myself. Well, well, what I'll do is that it's not. I need to tell the players what I think of them. I need to tell them so that if I can criticise them, I can also praise them at the same time. If I can go over the top and praise, I can certainly the players can take the criticism. But I did not think that even even in my days at Wickham Wonders, and who would want to be listening? to the Vauxhall Conference at the end of the day. But it's not as if to say that I was racing out there to make sure that I would hammer centre-half for missing three headers. I don't think I did it. Did I make mistakes? Absolutely. Do I continue to do that? Only every single day. But uh, <laughs> Only every day. But let me put it this way. I don't think so. You're 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. We'll be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23 shopify.com slash retail 23.